on this episode, Justice and Rescue from Sin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Live Through Jesus with Courtney Gilmore. I'll be reading all the scripture references for you, so you're free to just sit back, listen, and absorb, or you can grab your Bible and read along. Most of the time, I'll be reading from the New King James Version, but if I switch, I'll let you know. At the beginning of each episode, I'll introduce the titles, so if you want the entire study in writing, you can go to livethroughjesus.com and buy it for under $5. Each one will cover two to three months' worth of episodes, and once you buy, then it'll be immediately available for download. In addition to a little extra studying, it also allows you the benefit of some charts and keyword definitions, but it isn't necessary. Okay, so let's get started. This is episode 19, and today we'll be going over lesson 10 of the Abraham study. Last episode, we went over the last part of chapter 18 in Genesis. And in this part, God tells Abraham that the place that Lot is living there in Sodom is a really bad place and that he's probably going to destroy this area. And this is really troubling to Abraham, and he pleads for any righteous people that might still be there. And in his compassion, God agrees that if he can find only 10 people in the entire area, he will spare everyone. Now, if you missed that episode, you're going to want to go back and listen to it because it's really the first part of this one. And what we learned today isn't going to make near as much sense if you don't know what happened in chapter 18. So make sure that you go back and listen to that if you haven't before. But if you've already listened to that, then we're going to go ahead today and pick up in chapter 19, beginning in verse 1. Now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting at the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed himself with his face towards the ground. And he said, Here now, my lords, please turn to your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet, and then you may rise early and go on your way. And they said, No, but we will spend the night in the open square. But he insisted strongly, so they turned to him and entered his house. Then he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. Now before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people from every quarter, surrounded the house. And they called to Lot and said to him, Where are the men that came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we may know them carnally. So Lot went out to them through the doorway, shut the door behind him, and said, Please, my brothers, don't do so wickedly. See now that I have two daughters who have not known a man. Please let me bring them out to you, and you may do to them as you wish. Only do nothing to these men, since this is the reason that they have come under the shadow of my roof. Now, obviously, this is why Lot brought them into his home, because he knew that they would not be safe in the town square. But here's what the men said to him. Verse 9, And they said, Stand back. Then they said, This one came to stay here. And he keeps acting as a judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. So they pressed hard against the man Lot and came near to break down the door. But the men reached out their hands and pulled Lot into the house with them and shut the door. And they struck the men who were in the doorway of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they became weary trying to find the door. 
So in the previous chapter, God had told Abraham that there had been a great outcry against the city. And now it becomes very evident as to why that was. Because it's not just one man or even a small group of evil men that come to violate these men that have come to this town. But it says all the men of the city. And it does seem horrible to us that Lot would offer up his daughters as opposed to these men, but he has brought them in under his protection. And on top of that, he really was just faced with a very difficult situation. There is nothing about this that condones what his offer was. But when you're in a bad situation and you have to think quickly, sometimes you don't make the best decisions. And so luckily God ends up rescuing them and that doesn't happen. And so we know that that isn't a solution that God would be happy with. But Lot is just doing anything he can to pacify these people because even though it would be horrible to give up his daughters, it's the lesser of the two evils. But the men are not pacified. They are actually very angry at Lot. Apparently, in their minds, he has moved into their town and just thinks he's much better than they are. And they're tired of his judgment. Truly wicked people do not have any desire to listen to someone that is doing what's right. Listen to some of these verses. Proverbs 9, 7 says, He who corrects a scoffer gets shame for himself. And he who rebukes a wicked man only harms himself. Do not correct a scoffer, lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will still be wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in his learning. So he's just saying here, there's no point in correcting someone that doesn't want to listen or rebuking someone that is wicked. They're just going to hate you. Also in Proverbs 16, 22, It says, Understanding is a wellspring of life to him who has it, but the correction of fools is folly. There's no point in correcting fools. They're not listening. They're not paying attention. They do not care. Last one, Proverbs 23, 9. Do not speak in the hearing of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of your words. So again, this instance proves that these people are not repentant. We talked in the last episode about how God desires for people to be repentant, and He is patient because of that. He doesn't wish for anyone to die in their sin, but He's also aware that there are many people that will not ever repent of their sin. And it's obvious from this interaction that these men have no intention of changing. When Lot tries to give them an alternative, they are not interested even in that. They want to do the most wicked thing. This again shows us that God is not being wrathful by destroying this town. He's being just And he's helping all of the surrounding people because this is such a wicked area. Now, also note how the angels are the ones that rescue Lot when he is trying to rescue them. He thinks he's just taking ordinary men into his house under his protection. But little did he know these were angels that were actually there to protect him and help him. Listen to what Hebrews 13, 1 and 2 says. Let brotherly love continue. 
Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. And that's what Lot did here. And lucky that he did because providing he was a good man and he wanted to keep them under his protection, they were there to then protect him. And at this time, they reveal that they are not ordinary men and they strike the men there with blindness. So after they strike them with blindness, let's go ahead and read and see what happens after that. Then the men said to Lot, Have you anyone else here? Son-in-law, your sons, your daughters, and whomever you have in this city, take them out of this place, for we will destroy this place, because the outcry against them has grown great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, who had married his daughters, and said, Get up, get out of this place, for the Lord is going to destroy this city. But to his sons-in-law he seemed to be joking. And when the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, Arise, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. And while he lingered, the men took hold of his hand, his wife's hand, and the hand of his two daughters. And the Lord, being merciful to him, brought him out and set him outside the city. So notice here that Abraham was right about God's character. God was not willing to sweep away the righteous with the wicked. He is a just God, and he was willing to spare these four people, even though he didn't find ten where he could spare the whole city. He was not going to allow these four righteous people to die with the others when they hadn't done anything deserving of that. So this is justice, right? God is sparing the righteous people and those that are evil, that are completely unrepentant, that are doing what God calls grave sins, they also get what they deserve. God is putting a stop to their evil. It is not going to be allowed to run rampant any longer. Last time we talked a lot about how God really is merciful and how he was willing to spare this entire city just if he could find 10 good people. But here it literally says, in his mercy, even whenever Lot and his family lingered, the angels grabbed them up. They told them to leave and they were not going fast enough. And so the angels grabbed them by the hand and pulled them out of the city. Even though Lot was in a bad place, he was not hurrying to leave that life. And so that's just something that we need to think about. Have you ever lingered in a sinful place and just needed God to seize you out before you got swept away? You know, sometimes we just don't get out like we should. And sometimes we just put it off and we don't do it as quickly as we should. And sometimes we just need God to grab us up and take us out of there. And if he can do that for Lot, then he can do that for us because he really is a loving and merciful God. He knows when and he knows how to rescue his children. And so if you happen to be in a sinful place today, ask God to help you get out. Ask him to just grab you by the hand and pull you out of that place. And when he does grab you and begin to pull you out, go with him. Be thankful that even when we're not smart enough to leave on our own, that God cares enough to grab us out. And pray for others. Pray for others that you know are in a sinful place. That God will grab them out. Listen to what it says in Psalm 79, 9. Help us, O God, of our salvation, for the glory of your name, and deliver us and provide atonement for our sins for your name's sake. Isaiah 38, 17. 
Indeed, it was for my own peace that I had great bitterness. But you have lovingly delivered my soul from the pit of corruption, for you have cast all my sins behind your back. God lovingly delivered his soul from destruction. Romans six seventeen says, But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. So if you happen to be in a sinful place today and you feel like you're a slave to sin, it says that if you will just obey God from the heart, that he will deliver you and set you free from that sin, and then you can be a slave to righteousness. God knows how to deliver his people. We just have to trust him. Okay, so let's keep reading. Genesis nineteen seventeen. So it came to pass when they brought them outside that he said, Escape for your life. Do not look behind you, nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. Then Lot said to them, Please, no, my lords. Indeed, now your servant has found favor in your sight, and you have increased your mercy, which you have shown me by saving my life. But I can't escape to the mountains, lest some evil overtake me there and I die. See now, this city is near enough to flee to, and it is a little one. Please let me escape there. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said to him, See, I have favored you concerning this thing also, in that I will not overthrow this city that you have spoken of. Hurry, escape there, because I can't do anything until you arrive there. Therefore the name of the city is called Zoar. The sun had risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zoar. So the angels told him, hurry and run to the mountains because we need to destroy the city, but we want you far away. And Lot was like, "Uh, don't make me go all the way to the mountains. This is a tiny little city right here. And it would be okay, surely, if you just spared this city because it's not got many people. Please just let me stay here. And they said, fine, go to Zoar, but you need to hurry because we have a job to do and we're waiting on you, basically. So once they had reached Zoar, that brings us to verse 24. And it says, Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. So he overthrew those cities, all of the plain, all of the inhabitants of the cities, and what grew on the ground. But his wife looked back behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. Then he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain. And he saw, and behold, the smoke of the land, which went up like a smoke of the furnace. And it came to pass, when God destroyed the cities of the plain, that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out in the midst of the overthrow, when he overthrew the cities in which Lot dwelt." So God rained down brimstone and fire from the sky and that completely destroyed all of the things that were living in this land. All of the people, all of the animals, all of the vegetation. Now brimstone is sulfur and when sulfur is burned, it turns into something that looks like blue lava. And so it would flow really freely across the land and definitely burn anything that it touches. It's different than just a grass fire. Or something and it would look like a furnace it would just be smoldering now there's several theories as to what exactly happened here some people think that this was a volcano or an earthquake or a comet that struck the earth 
Acid rain is actually made up of sulfur dioxide and nitrogen oxide. And so some believe that the acid rain came down and then it was struck by lightning and it created this lava-like substance. Even if it was something that we've heard of, some kind of natural disaster, it was definitely caused by God and something that we've never seen again. So God did destroy this large area of land in his timing in exactly the way that he chose to do it. And the destruction of this city creates a valley that's now buried deep below the Dead Sea. It must have been so sad for Abraham because when he got up and he saw the destruction of the city, he must have realized that there really weren't even 10 good people living there. His nephew had been living in such a horrible place. Listen to what 2 Peter 2, 6 through 8 says about the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah and also what it was like for Lot living in this land. Turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemning them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly, God delivered righteous Lot who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Lot's soul was tormented every day by having to live amongst these people. And so again, it's merciful to people like Lot to get rid of all of the wicked people that are never going to repent anyway and only are causing more harm. Now look at verse 30. It says, Then Lot went up out of Zoar and dwelt in the mountains, and his two daughters were with him, for he was afraid to live in Zoar. And he and his two daughters dwelt in a cave. So we'll read what happens to Lot further next week. But I just wanted you to notice that after Lot saw the destruction of this city, he was like, you know what? Never mind. I am going to go to the mountains. This city is way too close to the destruction that's going on down there. And I want to get as far away as I can. And that should just be a lesson to us too. When we realize the consequences of sin, we should get as far away as we possibly can. And it's always best to learn from other people's mistakes, right? When we see someone else suffer the consequences for their sin, it should make us say, you know, I'm staying far, far away from that. And that's what God actually says about Sodom and Gomorrah in that verse that we read in 2 Peter because he says, Now all the ungodly will know that this is what happens. So it's a deterrent. Now, I just want to look back at two verses because there was something in there that kind of got skipped over because it's just these two verses that deal with it. But I want us to look at it because there's a lot of lesson in there for us. So look at the command that the angels give to Lot in Genesis 19, 17. It says, So it came to pass when they had brought them outside that he said, Escape for your life. Do not look behind you, nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. Notice what he says. Run for your life. Do not look behind you. Okay. Now let's look at verse 26. But his wife, Lot's wife, looked back behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. 
So because she disobeyed the command, she was turned into a pillar of salt. And now it's only Lot and his two daughters that end up running to the plains. This woman isn't even given a name in scripture. She's just Lot's wife. So I just got to thinking, why did she look back? What made her do that? What makes us look back at our old sinful life? When God grabs us out, what makes us linger there? What makes us look back at that life? Was she sad for the friends that she left behind? Was she longing for the life that she had there? Did she think she was going to miss it? Why did God ask them not to look back? Think about that. What can happen with just one look back at our old life of sin? You know, much of the time when we look back at something, we only remember the good things. We don't remember the heartache that it brings. We can only see the appealing things of what we've left behind. And a lot of times we don't see what we're gaining. We only see what we're losing. You know, maybe she was like, oh no, I'm losing all of this. What do I have now? Even Lot wasn't interested in going to the mountains and he was settling for the town of Zoar. So maybe she felt like she was losing too much and there wasn't really anything to gain. Maybe she was thinking about those people that she left behind there and she enjoyed hanging out with them. You know, the thing is that Lot has stayed living in this place for such a long time. And you have to just wonder why, you know, because it says it tormented his soul to live there. So he must have felt like he was just strong enough to live in amongst this evil and not be tainted. And, you know, maybe he wasn't, but it was tormenting him. You know, I think sometimes we lie to ourselves whenever we think that we can stay in a situation where we're living amongst bad things and we just think that we're going to survive untouched. If there is bad all around us, at the very least, it's going to torment our souls. At the very most, it's going to tempt us to go ahead and join in that sin. You know, a lot of times I think what it is, is even when we're in a bad place, even when we don't like necessarily everything that's going on there, it's comfortable. And so a lot of times we just fear getting out of it because we don't know what to expect, even though most likely what is ahead of us, what is outside of that life is much better than where we are. We just don't know and we're at least comfortable here. It's sad if we linger in a bad place just because the unknown ahead is scary for us. Even when we know that this comfortable place holds nothing good for us. So if God has rescued you from a sinful lie, don't look back at it. You can never move forward if you're looking back. At the very least, it's going to slow you down. And at the most, it's going to make you turn back around. I think about when we were kids and we would play baseball and we would be running the bases and we wanted to see where that ball was hit, right? And so we're looking back behind us to see where the ball is right now. Are they going to catch me? Are they going to throw me out? Who has it? Where did it land? All of those things. And I just remember being constantly told, quit looking back. That's why we have base coaches, right? They can see where the ball is and they tell us whether we're supposed to go forward or not. That's not our job. Because while we're looking back, we are slowing ourselves down. We want to be going forward just as fast as we can. And so consider God your base coach. He knows what's all around you. He knows where you need to go. 
He knows when you need to hurry forward and he knows when you need to stop. And so quit looking in the past. Focus your eyes on him. Let him tell you where you need to go and just move forward. If God is going to whisk us away from our sinful life, then we should just be thankful. Don't let the past slow down your present or make you turn back around. And look what happened to Lot's life. It completely destroyed her life. And you know, looking back in the past at those sinful places that we used to be can completely destroy our lives. The attractions of sin can never compare with the peace and the safety that living a righteous life with God can give you. It's a lie from Satan that tells us that that sinful life is better in any way or worth looking back on at all, much less going back to. So don't believe that lie. Do not be like Lot's wife. Do not linger in that sin. Let God grab you by the hand and take you out and go willingly with him, looking to him completely and totally for guidance, not looking back at the place that he pulled you out of because it is never, ever going to be as good as the place that he's bringing you to. So that's all we're going to do today. Next episode, we'll talk about what happens to Lot and his daughters whenever they go into the mountains. And then we'll also talk about Abraham and a couple of things that happen with him. So make sure that you subscribe so that you don't miss that episode. Feel free to leave comments wherever you're listening or send me an email if you have any questions or thoughts about this episode. My email address is Courtney at LiveThroughJesus.com. If you're enjoying these lessons, then make sure to leave me a five-star review. Don't forget to subscribe. Thanks and have a good day. Mm -hmm.